0: Alright, hey everybody, welcome to the Optimal State Podcast, the inaugural episode of the Optimal State Podcast. My name is Jared, I am one of the hosts, and I am with my compadre, Adam.
1: you guys, doing? my name's Adam, uh, I am also one of the hosts, and uh, yeah, this is the first time we're going to be doing this, uh, we're just kind of testing the waters right now, and uh, hopefully we can... Uh, see what happens from here and hopefully everything
0: works out. Yeah we figured we'd kind of get started with uh, you know the mission statement kind of why we're why we're doing this ultimately use this first episode to kind of explain ourselves and uh you know what what we hope to gain from this podcast. Really I think I think you'd agree with me Adam that this is kind of a continuation of uh kind of a, uh, a theme throughout a lot of our conversations right. I think that's Kind of what we were hoping to sort of do with this podcast, and uh, especially as of late, a lot of our conversations usually revolve around some issue with a system of some kind. So whether it be government, whether it be systems of relationships between people, uh, whether it be uh, you know infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera, all sorts of systems. Right? They all they all manifest in different ways. Why? it seems a lot of these systems are not working well and why we're not able to take these systems into what their optimal state is. And I think a lot of the issue often comes down to how we define that. What is the consensus on how to define the optimal state of all these different things? So that ultimately is, I think, one of the uh, themes that we're going to be driving forward in all the different topics we approach. We want to break a lot of things down, but we don't want to do it in a way where we're saying, hey, these are just problem after problem after problem. We want to be a little bit more focused on providing solutions and maybe some some ideas for move, taking some steps forward with things, you know, and, again, trying to identify what is the optimal state of this, what, what is the ideal condition under which this could operate, whatever it is we're talking about. And uh, ultimately, I think the, the, the overarching theme then is that how do these – systems that we identify how do they integrate with others because multiple systems operating optimally will create one full optimal system so anything you wanted to kind of add, add to that Adam? yeah totally i think that um we live in the information age and there's a lot of
1: information being projected at us and uh i think my and Jared's role here is kind of to take all that information and break it down Uh, For everybody just so people can kind of see what's out there in a way that's like filtered because everything that we're getting You know through our phones and the TV and music and entertainment all this stuff uh, It's just leading to mass confusion um, and people don't really seem to Understand what's going on everyone goes along with it because you know most people don't want to be ostracized for not going along with it, you know and uh, That's what people feel like, you know if they don't go along with something they're gonna be on the outside. And most people don't like being on the outside. Um, But uh, I think, and I I would think that Jared agrees, that being on the outside is perfectly normal and it should be encouraged. Um, Because our society doesn't even teach us that. Our society teaches us to just kind of go with what everyone else is doing, you know, follow the straight arrow and don't deviate from it. You know, government is good, entertainment is good, garbage food is good, all this stuff is good. Keep telling the line, you know? And we're just here to break that all down for you and kind of just try to put truth forward. And uh, because, like I said, everything gets kind of lost in translation now. And um, we just want to bring you something new and inspiring and help people realize that, you know, the system that we are living in is not the ideal system, it's not the optimal state. It is actually the exact opposite.
0: Yeah, it does seem like there's a lot of room for improvement in a lot of things. And, uh, you know, I was thinking you brought up uh, just kind of how things start when you're young, you know, with with schooling and with uh, the constant like, um, you know, indoctrination is a very it's a strong word. It's a loaded word. And I think when a lot of people hear it, they uh, if you're not already on that on that boat, on that wavelength, you might just be like, eh, indoctrination, what are these guys talking about? But it is sort of that and ultimately that you're teaching kids, uh, teaching people at a young age to start towing the line. And you see these sorts of trends carry over into their adult life. And that, I mean, we saw that with 2020 and onward with a lot of the, uh, the lockdowns that we saw and how willing a lot of people were to go with that. A lot of that is a continuation of behavior, you know, from when they were younger and this sort of shrugging off of taking accountability and uh, a willingness of risk in order to uh, do better, right? Because I mean, everything in life is a risk and oftentimes the best, the greater the risk, the greater the reward. But for whatever reason, the takeaway starting in 2020 was that uh, the less risk you take, the better we are as a people. And everybody bought into that, no problem. So Uh, that was very interesting, and I think we saw that even going forward with how willing people were to stay masked up for so long, how willing people were to uh, give their arms up to people to put things in. And, yeah, no, it's just – so, yeah, we we want to explore a lot of that stuff. Um, You know, I don't think we necessarily are much brighter dudes than anyone else, but I think – we tend to ask more questions maybe than most. you know, I think we're a little more comfortable with uh, being a little on the outside. So yeah, I think we hope to uh, keep doing that moving forward uh, with all things that come down the line. I mean, there's so much stuff interesting in the news right now, and I think a lot of stuff we will be talking about is more like current events related to that. And you know, today is Super Bowl Sunday. That is, the day we decided to do this was, basically America's, uh, uh, the Church of America's holiday, so to speak, you know, when grown men wear the shirts of uh, their favorite squad of strapping young black men and uh, proudly wear their names on their shirts. Very interesting. Um, you know, these these guys who could care less about any organized religion, could care less about uh, anything pertaining to uh, ritual like outside of or outside of sports, so that it's it's just so interesting to see the the spectacle that it is. Um, you know, I mean, I don't. know. What do you think about uh, the Super Bowl? I'm like,
1: well, uh, I think that um, I take it for what it is, it's entertainment, uh, especially football. And for those people who don't know, there was actually a lawsuit um, when there was uh, deflating. Gate, and this guy brought a, a lawsuit against New England Patriots and Tom Brady. So I do remember that, yeah. And Tom Brady saying that, you know, uh, they were rigging the game, basically, That to, and it, it must have screwed over the guys and I don't know if they placed the bet, but the uh, judge said that, um, or the court ruling was that it's entertainment, it's not a sporting event, so basically NFL can rig the games. And uh, all you have to do is look to the last Super Bowl, and, um, you know, there was... First of all, like my perspective about it, they do it. They rig it through the refs, and that's how um, the referee in the NBA who got caught gambling um, and the FBI investigated. He said that it, when the NBA would take all the referees and put them in a room and say, "This is how we want the game to be called. We want you to call, you know, penalties on this guy, fouls on this guy," and that's how um, they rig the games. And you don't have to rig it outright. You just you know, you just have to. You know, one penalty can change the game. Right. You know, so, at the, so
0: one I mean, one like, thing basically. They're yeah, just yeah, like it's not because yeah. people it's think so, like oh, is the game rigged? They think like yeah. is it the uh, like, is it like a choreographed wrestling match? No, and that's not it. It's yeah. more like no, this one particular moment, and they go to like the the kicker, right? That's always the thing. Like they're giving like the uh, the field goal kicker like a, a, a envelope of money or something, right? <laughs> well, yeah,
1: that, I guess that's how it like it but what, what ends up happening is like this is a perfect example so last super bowl i watched the game no penalties were called the entire game last drive um the rams were you know kind of getting closer but on third down um they were down i believe they were down f- uh four points so they couldn't even catch a, uh, I catch a field goal uh kick a field goal so um so they called the penalty for holding uh, or defensive pass interference for a holding call, uh, which was BS, you know, and th- there were two penalties called in the last minute of the game, which helped the Rams win. Not only that, do you know who introduced the Super Bowl? None other than
0: President Pfizer.
1: No, The Rock.
0: Oh, the Rock. <laughs> you know, so well, there you go. In, right. In
1: plain sight that uh, it's like a wrestling match. It's rigged. It's, it's pretty funny. It's, you know what I mean? And... You know, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "How do people not see that?" But that the joke is on us, you know what I mean? And that's the whole point. And uh, and that was the first year that Rams not only had a home game during the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is where the um, where it's played is picked at the beginning of the year, so they got a home field advantage, and they just built a new stadium, so they had every incentive to give the Rams a win and they, they they rig it through the reps. And that's my perspective. You can call it whatever you want. You want to, you know, if you, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's entertainment, but at the same time, you can't read into it. I mean, people are placing bets and all this other stuff. And, you know, if you enjoy doing it and you enjoy losing money or risking money, you know, go ahead. But, um, you know, I, I believe that there is, uh there's an edge and all you got to do is like with baseball, like I believe baseball be very hard to rig. But all you got to do is you know, the umpire not give that pitcher that call that you know one two instead of a one two count it's a two one count two balls one strike instead of one two you you give the edge to a certain side and that helps depict who the winner is going to be just by the odds you know what I mean because it's, we live in, in a world of uh, you know anal- analytics so they put these these computers the algorithms determine like you know um, basically what would need to happen for this team to win or something. I
0: mean, I would, I would venture to say, and you may just be like, no duh, dude, but the whole sports ball thing, most people who are uh, doing more what you're talking about, right, more gambling, have more skin in the game, are, are monitoring the metrics, those guys are, they're, they're the real people for why this exists, right? The people who are in the stands who are just like screaming for the guys out there running into each other. They're kind of just like the – they're not really what it's about a lot of the time. I would I would venture to guess. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm just thinking like – I don't think a lot of this would exist, like the phenomenon that it is, if there wasn't this kind of uh, underground network of placing bets, of like wondering who uh, – or, or placing bets on who's going to win, et cetera. Because that's like – there's so much money there. I mean, we're looking here at this Zero Hedge article – You pointed out earlier, 16 billion is the headline. 16 billion, over 50 million Americans will bet on the Super Bowl. Uh, On Super Bowl Sunday, more than 100 million Americans are expected to watch the NFL championship game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles on television. For the increasing number of sports fans watching the game isn't enough anymore. And many have placed bets on the world's biggest one-day sporting events. The American Gaming Association estimates a record 50.4 million American adults will bet on Super Bowl. So what is this? Oh, man. I wish I looked at this before. Is this f- L is f- not 50? Obviously not. I have to, I'm i sorry. This is really bad. I don't know what these Roman numerals are.
1: Oh, I, I think it's 50-something. Is it, uh, is it yeah, L5 it, yeah, or 50? Yeah, I believe it's like... Oh, yeah.
0: I know it's 7, but...
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I'm not sure which one it is, but I thought it was like fifty something. Not because it's the uh, the Roman uh the Roman numeral, but I'm just saying like I think that's it was fifty something from what I heard. Is that
0: really it though? It's only at number fifty-seven.
1: Uh, something like that, yeah. Cause I guess fifty-two it can be. was a few years ago. I was just watching a video from that, so that's why I was.
0: Uh... That's so funny. You would think I don't know. You would think it would be a little older than that, but I guess not really, right? Well, I, I mean, I,
1: I believe that this the sixty-nine year where the Jets won. They beat the Indianapolis Colts. That's when the the American Football League joined with the NFL, so 1970 would I believe be must be the first Super Bowl because uh, if that if the 69 game was the last game before the merger, we'd probably be fifty something, right? Seventy plus it's twenty, no, yeah, that's fifty. It'd be not fifty two, right? Fifty three. Something like that? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. That's guess, wild. It's you know. like a
0: perfect synchronicity between the increase in sports ball or sports ball spectators, like uh, the, the rise of stadiums and basketball, football, et cetera, and the decline in church attem- attendance, I would think. Seems that way. I, I don't know if there's a direct correlation. There probably is a direct correlation because it's a very uh, ritualistic a- uh, environment going to a sports game for a lot of people. So they replaced that activity of going to church with – Going to the stadium. Or... Well, you know,
1: the funny part is, is like if you if you watch the the Bills game when they had Demar Hamlin come and he was in his sunglasses and you know uh, you couldn't even see him and then he does like the pyramid sign in the snow, and he's in the upper box and does the the one of these the pyramid the, and then uh, the, the threes because he's number
0: three but everyone's saying six six six. Wait, you said Demar Hamlin?
1: Yeah, Demar Hamlin. Yeah. He was doing all that. Yeah, yeah, you didn't see that. Yeah, he um so. They showed him in the snow, because it, it was snowing in, in, at the Bills game, and they went to a uh, uh, a clip of him in the like the press box, or the box, and it was snowing, you couldn't even see him, and he's doing the pyramid sign. He says it was the love sign, because that's his thing, but uh, he was doing the pyramid sign, and you couldn't really see him, he'd get the sunglasses on everyone saying that he's dead, and he was doing, he's doing this, the, the, with that.
0: Wow. Slippery. This was when he had the face mask on. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: yeah, When he, like the first game that he actually watched at the bill stadium. Right. Where you
0: didn't even see his face. Yeah. yeah, Okay. So if nobody saw this, it was from what I remember watching is that he came in, he was being escorted in behind. Like he was actually like two people deep in like a ring of people. So there was like, one ring and then like another like concentric ring around that one yeah. of his family and entourage or or whatnot and he's in the middle looking like spider-man fully covered up head mm-hmm. to toe hood up and he's giving these sorts of hand gestures as he's going in and it was super quick super fast like i think all you saw in terms of like actual uh like body part was his dreadlocks yeah something oh, like I, that I,
1: yeah I don't, I don't really necessarily remember I, I like i just remember he was like you couldn't see him but you know, it, like, it just proves everything's a show. You know right. what I mean? And it has, it's like WWF. It's a show. You you can't trust anything that you're seeing on television because it's more. It's I would say, ninety five to ninety nine percent chance it's got, it's not real. You know what I mean? And it's just I, I don't understand why people take all any of this seriously. You know? And it it just we are talking about like Tom Brady has a podcast. Like who would listen to this guy? Who cares? <laughs> But what Tom Brady thinks feels, you know what I mean, because he's a celebrity, he feels empowered that people are going to listen to him, you know, and don't get me wrong, I don't really have the expectation that people are going to, you know, listen to this and think that, you know, we're any different than they are, you know, and I think that's why we're doing this. Right, right. We want to have a, you know, we want, everybody has an equal voice as we do, you know what I mean, and we want people to be able to, you know, uh, kind of just feel like they're in the same situation as we are when we talk about these things, and they feel the same things, and, uh, you know, we just want to get the message out, but I just understand why people listen to celebrities or anything that they have anything to do with, because they're liars, they're they're money-hungry people, I mean, look at Tom Brady in the Super Bowl commercial with the freaking FTX, you know what I mean? It's like, they can, you know, advertise Ponzi schemes and wipe people out, oh, it's fine, it. It's cool. Man. He's Tom Brady, man. Like you know, he can like advertise Ponzi schemes all he wants, man. He's a good-looking, cool dude, man. <laughs> you know, it's it's absolutely absurd. But I
0: think that's why he's allowed to continue as as Tom Brady because what what I think we're we're trying to say here is that uh, this um, how it's presented, how these people present themselves. They're given these positions because they don't have much to offer in terms of like value statements, right? They just uh, the repeat, yeah, the and they, they regurgitate a lot of what they're told to say, and it's, it allows the system to continue this, this suboptimal system, really, that uh, is very predatory on the people who participate, the drones on the bottom, right, who just, like, buy into the, the whole thing. Imagine, though, you know, I don't want to take anything away from – who like Tom Brady's potential because yeah right, but also no but also this like imagine Tom Brady started contributing value via his podcast like real like people really started coming away with like like imagine like he was just like guys I had a major major moment today where like I just realized that uh you know celebrity really is not that amazing you know I don't know he just became very humble and real I don't want to put words in the guy's mouth or, or like Preach in the place of Tom Brady, but something that really connected with people and helped a lot of people. Mm. Because celebrity doesn't really help a lot of people. Maybe it gives p- some people some hope, but it's false hope. Uh, but my ultimate point is just that if he did start providing that sort of value, I think he would ultimately lose the position that he's been given as the as well, who we know him as Tom Brady, and that's who a lot of celebrities are. We were commenting on this earlier, watching a few commercials like we notice that there's a phenomenon of a lot of celebrities starting to appear in these uh, major commercials, right? Like whether it's for insurance or uh, a, a, a hotel website or whatnot. It's like all these people who I would think five, 10 years ago wouldn't have been caught dead in an American commercial are suddenly in every single one. And it's it's very telling of like, I think a lot of people are starting to see in the past two years, especially, uh, the celebrities are not as uh, powerful in terms of like their influence, right? Their influence is definitely waning. The spell of the celebrity is breaking.
1: Well, you know, I mean, could you imagine James Dean like doing like, a, a cinnamon toast crunch commercial? You know what I mean? Like, dude, had, like these celebrities used to hold themselves to an extremely high standard.
0: Well, because he, yeah, James Dean was like, I'm an actor, I'm a thespian, you know, like I, I trained at the actor's Studio, yeah. uh, you know, like. Yeah. Stanislavski is like my, you know, my spirit animal. It's like these guys were not—they they they bled for their craft. They weren't these uh, attention whores like we see now. And uh, I mean, they—I'm sure they were to a certain degree. James Dean actually uh, know a little bit about his backstory. I know he was pretty desperate to make it, you know, and. uh, Honestly, I
1: don't know anything. Really, I don't really know much about him, um, but it was just an example. You know what I mean? Like because it just seems to me that you know Hollywood back in the day, you know, held themselves to a very high standard. But then again, there wasn't the advertising like there is today, where you're just completely bombarded with nonsense. I mean, you see like George Clooney turned down like fifty million dollars to do a commercial. You know what I mean? Like why not do the commercial and donate the money then? You know right. What I mean, and that's the you know. And I'm sure he's involved with charity or whatever, but, you know, if you had humility, you would take that money and just give it away. You know what I mean? If that's, if rather than
0: refusing it, you know, it just makes you wonder, do they really have the money that you're told they have, you know, because we're fed this information, but I mean, how legit is this information? Because again, where is the, where are they putting their money? Right. You know, it seems like it has to be a very controlled way of spending. Is kind of my point, you know. Like, yeah, you could get your amazing house, vacations. That's, of course, that's amazing. But the other wealth, it seems, has to go elsewhere. Like, it has to be invested in particular ways and pay off, pay a lot of people who are part of all of that. But that's no, very interesting.
1: Yeah, and it's all propped up by lies. At the end of the day, like this whole system that we're talking about is just based on lies, deception, and.
0: Uh, um, what is this system we're talking about though so we're cool. kind of what are we trying to like kind of identify as the system here
1: oh i, I think <clears throat> um that the system would be you know i i guess you know they call it the matrix but the ma- it has nothing to do with the matrix it, i i believe it's this uh i don't want to use the word cons- conspiracy because i believe to be true but the system is um a way of controlling people, and it's it cannot be defined by one thing. It can't. You can't just say, "Well, the system is this."
0: Right. Oh, no, yeah. I mean? Exactly. So that's
1: why it's so hard to um to depict what it might
0: be. Well, I, right. Cause it's, I, it's
1: systematic, and it's not. You know what I mean? It's not just.
0: I will say though. I think it's it's all based around. They they will tell you this too. The people who are kind of defining the system define it as a system of control. Right. And they would also define it as a system of oppression. This is all like based on Frankfurt School, cultural Marxism. They define it as there are oppressors and there are oppressed. And then they do this thing where they, they deconstruct everything, right? Every single thing that has unity, they want to take it apart and they want to find problems with every little thing. And ultimately, you have this like atomistic viewpoint where everything becomes so small and controlled right because they identify every little facet to control and tweak in their version of what they think is perfect very
1: nihilist
0: yeah very 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 yeah i would say so but they wouldn't i don't think they would describe themselves as nihilistic they describe themselves as as the most idealistic people in the world but they're godless most you know they're completely godless and they view themselves as the light in the darkness which is kind of ironic you know because they in their version of that they will squash everybody around them in their attempt to build their uh what's what they envision as like some sort of techno utopia right these smart cities in the middle of like jungles where like the people who don't boost themselves up with like twenty thousand different chemical concoctions are living in these like woods communities around <laughs> around the smart cities you know and getting hunted for their scalps or some crazy dystopian stuff yeah well it
1: sounds like 100 you know but uh I mean, I, Sounds uh, fun. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah th- I think that it's unfortunate because people are just so stuck. And, you know, uh, you know, I brought up the Matrix before, but, you know, when <clears throat> you say, uh, I remember uh, in the movie, he, he tells, uh, was it Neo? Is that the guy's name?
0: Gianna Reese is Neo.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's saying, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the system. Uh, what was the quote like? Oh, the system is. Uh, oh, what? I'm drawing a blank. The system was is. Uh, I'd have to get out. Let me, let me look it up actually, because I don't want to fuck it up. But you know, I mean, it, it's the perfect quote because of the fact that you know it describes that what it is. Everyone's just so ingrained in it. People don't see the way see their way out of it. You know what right. I mean? And I wish people would because I, once people see the truth. You can kind of see the system of oppression that you're talking about. You can see how it is designed for basically everyone beneath whoever is like really running this system to fail.
0: But it, yeah, okay. And to do that, ultimately, you have to identify how they are, what the rules are. We have to go to first principles. And again, it goes to they define it based on control and they define it based off of oppressor, or oppressed. So once you def- understand how they define things, then you have to reject it, and you have to figure out how you re- how you reject it. Uh, and I think a lot of people are doing it now, but it seems like they're doing it almost in a reactionary, subconscious way. You know, they're being they're being pushed up against the wall, and they're being forced to react. Did you find the?
1: Yeah, yeah. So this matrix is a system, you Neo. Know? That system is our enemy. But when you're inside, you look around. What do you see? Um, Yeah, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people who are trying to save. save. But until we do, these people are still part of that system. And that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system, that they will fight to protect it. And that's exactly the system we're in. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and and they know that. You know, they being... uh... I know it's very light. it sounds almost ridiculous, but like they, and you know, who are they? Right. It is, it is man a little nebulous. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, the man behind the curtain, right. In the yeah. wizard of Oz. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, precisely. But it's like, who is that? Right. It's the wizard. Who's the wizard. Like, and then it, it does become like, you kind of go down this rabbit hole of defining it. So it's easier to kind of just say they, but ultimately it's the people who are incentivized to, to move this forward. Right. So we're talking about W E F people associated with World Bank.
1: Yeah, and, but we'll never Gates. know who they are. Though. Yeah, right, exactly.
0: Yeah. These people are even probably like just the, the uh, what do they call them, Plemkin villages, like the those like movie set fronts yeah, I, no I think, the, and no substance behind them. Yeah, you look at the people that are in, like the Club of Rome and um,
1: you know, if you look at, uh, the, um, uh, what is it, the foreign, uh, uh, the foreign Nations Council, what is it, uh, Council on Foreign Relations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, you look at all those people and You know, the Council of Foreign Relations are like rich people and entertainment and all those people, and they get together and they decide policy, and they dictate policy. And uh, you can even look up the book, The the Committee of 300, and uh, Dr. John Coleman wrote that book. And uh, you you can actually watch some of his stuff on YouTube, it's kind of hard to find, but you know, he basically says that 300 richest people in the world really run everything, and that's just the way it is and they you know they're the ones that control everything and it makes more sense that all that power is consolidated than you know um then we're just kind of living in a world where government has the control and you know what I mean because these people are just puppets all that it's just an act It's not real. You know what I mean? Nancy Pelosi, tearing stuff apart. You know what I mean? It's all an act. And that's what people need to see. These people...
0: Congress shutting down before they pass their debt bills or whatnot. You know, it is all a show, 100%. And uh, people buy into it because it's easier than having to take accountability a lot of the time, you know? And that is the hard truth, you know? And I think a lot of people who resonate with what we're talking about here, I think they would totally agree uh most people have would have a hard time giving up what they would say is their quality of life in order to uh push back on this this uh suboptimal system this this failure of a system that where that most people buy into where the 300 richest families that you were talking about these other unelected bureaucracies that uh are transnational global entities they um You know, it's like if people actually push back on that, on on these uh, organizations, it would require addressing some hard truths within themselves. And I don't think people are ready to do that ultimately. You know, it's just, it's too easy to be comfortable these days. You know, people are working so hard. They don't want to, they're really pushed to their limits almost a lot of the time that they don't, they have to compromise just to get by a lot of the time. You know, I mean- uh, I imagine having teenagers in this day and age would be such a challenge because of the amount of stuff that could come through via screens of all kinds, TV, computer, phone. Um, it's al- It almost must feel like having to tread water, like trying to keep your kids from seeing the ugliness of the world. So you almost have to feel like the easier way would be to accept it, just be like, oh, yeah, this is love. Yeah, all these drag queens, like – you know, flopping their junk in these kids' faces. Oh, yeah, this is, this is normal. This is okay. You know, and it's, like, very obviously dysfunctional, very obviously ugliness being presented to us that we're trying to, like, being forced to accept. Uh, but I, I would imagine it's easier to go along with it. And, I mean, that's – but the, the unfortunate thing is people are going to have to dig deep or else things are just going to continue to get uglier and worse and darker. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of how I would imagine the situation is right now sounds a little bleak but also hopeful because it's like there's a lot to look forward to if you if we start making those hard choices now.
1: Yeah, I think that people just need to see the reality that we're living for what it is and um, not engage with any of this because, you know, we're all guilty to some degree to feeding this beast of a system. You know what I mean? Because we're all... And, and they know that. that. That's the whole thing. You know, they know that... You know we're you know we're just watching the Ruby Ridge thing. People don't get do that. You know like people aren't right. gonna just you know exonerate themselves from the system completely and move to the middle of a mountain and say we don't want. You, know, you
0: Most know. most people will not will not do that. They would think that, and it's also marketed to us as extreme behavior, exactly. which it almost really isn't. I mean, to go off with your family and raise your family as you want to, should not be seen as like extreme behavior. Mm-hmm. I mean that should be seen as like pretty normal and almost encouraged. I would think like strong family values father children mother all clearly defined they were a very biblical family i mean we we did see that they had some other uh you know other groups that they were affiliated with and whatnot but ultimately the whole thing was like it seemed like a tragedy and it seemed like they were like hyper focused on because of uh their resilience almost you know their ability to actually exist on their own without much uh intervention and most people who are not able to do that they'll admit it i think most people would glad would very admit like i can't do without my uh my starbucks or my whatever else you know my cvs right My uh my painkillers yeah, uh, and, uh my uh, Mori povitch
1: yeah i think most people are okay with living in this system because it benefits them and makes their life easier they don't want to think about too much and that's what i kind of you know think about a lot when I get certain reactions from people, because most of it, the reactions that I get when I start talking about these things are, they don't want to deal with it. You know what I mean? They don't want to have to come to these conclusions, and even if they did, it's not going to bother them. But even though they know what they're doing is wrong, girl that was working on my teeth, you know, where I was talking on Instagram with her, and I was just, you know, uh, telling her the story about this guy I know um, that lives in the town that I live in, and I was sitting having a drink, and we're bullshitting, and he tells me how, how his girlfriend goes into the city with her friends, and they taking all these pictures in front of the Plaza Hotel, like they stayed there. You know, fake narrative, just wants want to project like they're ritzy, and even though he told me that none of them can actually afford one night there, but they want to project this for whatever reason. So I was telling the girl that was working on my teeth this story, and it was almost like she normalized it to some degree, like, oh yeah, well, you know, we gotta pretend that we, like, stayed there, you know what uh. I mean, and it's like... So being fake is okay.
0: And Yeah, yeah. well that is the thing, dude. Nobody cares that people lie. That's really it, man. Nobody cares. It's almost like if you say you have an issue with lying, people think you're weird. It's it's so strange. Like how has it come to that? How has it come to the fact that like we just accept nonstop lying? And I mean I, you look at Biden and Biden is really like anything that does come out of the guy's mouth is some form of a lie, or it's a half truth at best. Um, Trump, a lot of the time was not that much better. I mean, there was so much, there was so much exaggeration, obviously so much hyperbole in his speech, you know, um, just to kind of take the more like center path here to, without having to get into the whole political quagmire of things. Um, but it's just like the, the. I hear so much acceptance of Biden's um presentation of things, you know, and I th- I mentioned this to you. Like I heard it from actually like some, some people pretty close to me being like, Oh, he's just trying to do his best. I'm like what? Is that what mom said? Yeah, well I you know, I wasn't trying to throw my <laughs> <No, I'm sorry. laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Uh yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just very interesting to see. And these should be people who should i just don't understand how you don't it, people should be able to recognize lies right i mean we should the, it's a real problem if we can't call out what is a lie and what's the truth we should always be trying to get to the truth and i think that really ties things together i would actually say we should probably land the plane pretty soon on this inaugural uh episode but maybe ended with this that uh a lot of things really come down to the truth being exposed like we really want the truth to come to light and uh you know, that we think is the best way to make everything function at a really awesome level. So, um, yeah, with that, anything you want to, to leave the listeners with today, Adam? No, I just want to say thanks for anybody that is listening and
1: hopefully they got something out of this. And, uh, we just want people to, uh, kind of understand, um, the world as it is meant to be, not as what they're projecting. You know what I mean? Cause the world is a very beautiful place. We're all here to, you know, give each other happiness and live amongst each other in a peaceful way. You know what I mean? And that's the only path forward. That's the only way that we are ever going to find peace is that we all come together and we all, you know, we all kind of have one direction and we can see the lies and we just, you know, we're all one. And that's what life is about. It's just the oneness of life and of us coming together for a better world. And that's what we're trying to uh, um, project. So yeah, I just that- to thank
0: you. Hundred percent, man. I want to thank everybody too. If you if you stuck with us this far, thank you very much for listening. Um, we really appreciate it. And uh, you know, we're really. I think we're of the opinion that we have to earn our listeners' uh, listenership, and we really hope to. We're not trying to be here saying we have any answers, but we we are aspiring to provide value. So we hope to do so in the coming episodes. Um, Really, really stoked to be with you guys, sharing every moment going forward. Every moment is a blessing from God, and it's really amazing to that we're able to have like this really structured existence, uh, and that we're able to really move forward and try to find some truth going forward. Adam's laughing at me right now, but uh, he's like, he had to get this <laughs> no, stuff I, in I, at I, I the I, end, I, huh, did he? It nothing to do it with All right. No, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Hey, with that, we will see you guys later. by the Optimal State Podcast. Talk to you guys soon. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Optimal State Podcast. If you guys want to follow us on socials, you can check us out on Instagram at Optimal State Pod. We're also on Patreon. Find us Optimal State Pod there as well. And uh, if you want to drop us a line, even get a, one of your emails read on the air. If you have a question for us, just hit us up at optimalstatepod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. See you next episode. Coagulated with the life that once was mine, the life that once was mine.